I was petrified to fail before. It's why I wanted so much control. You know, I wanted to be able to, I, here's what happened in my head. I had such great anxiety. Again, I didn't call it anxiety. I called it planning. Mm-hmm. I called it preparation. Mm-hmm. I called it um, studying. I called it, you know, uh, courses. I called it coaches. I called it retreats, whatever it was. It was like, if I can just know a little bit more, when I get to that moment, I'll be more prepared. <laughs> Wait, what? Dude, did you just make that up? Oh man, I have questions. Hey, it's Meredith For Real, the Curious Introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Big thanks to our location sponsor, the UWF Historical Trust. On the surface, my next guest had it all together. She was in the top 0.5% of her network marketing company, but on the inside, she was struggling. She had become so out of line with her priorities that she began feeling sick in her pursuit of success. Today, she's going to talk about how she recognized her anxiety, realized her addiction to success, and ended up doing a 180 in her career in order to live and work in harmony and help others do the same. CrossFit enthusiast. Former anxious achiever, current peaceful performer Kelly Rock. Hey! Yay! Thank you for coming on. So, set the scene of what was going on in your life, how you were feeling, because you said you didn't even recognize that you had anxiety. And then, when you recognized you had anxiety, you realized it was actually physically causing you sickness. And then you really realized that you were a success addict. That is a lot for a person to realize. <laughs> yeah, legit, my life changed so much. Like, I don't even recognize myself from, from my before life to my awakening to now my transformation. And it's honestly happened uh, pretty quick. Yeah, so my story pretty much was a lot of my symptoms that were anxiety looked a lot like high achievement. So it looked a lot like surface level, what people would look at and admire me for, which was, hey, I feel things and I push through anyway, or hey, I'm an achiever, you won't catch me slipping, I'm always going to you know, be excellent, or I'm so afraid to fail in front of people that I kept driving, I kept working, I was going to do that, or you know, it, it looked like, let me say, I identified, unfortunately, I didn't admit it until I knew about it, but that my work was attached to what I accomplished. And so again, I didn't know that some of my tendencies or habits that I looked at and had shelf, you know, held my shoulders high were actually scarcity mentality. It was actually my fear of the future. It was me trying to control as much as I could, and it looked like anxiety. And so um, I was successful in my career um, in my network marketing company for 10 years, and, um, you know, I was proud of what I was doing and one day I started waking up with these physical symptoms. I was getting shortness of breath. We my husband and I just and my daughter had just gone to Disney. We came back from Disney and I thought, oh I think I have like bronchitis or something. I was like, it's so weird. I'm having trouble breathing. I was like, but it's so strange. It's only happening when I'm still. Like when I'm resting, when I'm sitting, when I'm trying to go to sleep. And I would have to sit up and go and like me try to get my lungs to expand all the way. Um, and I found myself thinking racing thoughts all the time. And I found myself really short-tempered and 
overwhelmed very easily. And like, Mary, that was not my former life. I, when I started going to doctors and talking to them, they were like, okay, this sounds about your symptoms. Like, well, I'm having hard time breathing. I'm feeling these physical, you know, like symptoms coming over my body. Um, my vision is getting a little bit blurry. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And they said, that sounds like anxiety. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm literally the most positive person I know. I'm like, no. So what else could it be? Like, I went to three doctors back to back. Number one, because I've been so healthy, didn't even have a doctor. So I was like, okay, that person's crazy. Nope, that one was wrong too. Nope, that one was wrong. I was unwilling to admit that I was uh, dealing with this. And when I finally, it was like three people in a row have now told me that I'm dealing with anxiety. Um, maybe there's something to this. And, and they, Meredith, they all recommended medicine for me. Not that I'm against medicine, but I, again, as the achiever that I am, I thought, well, I did this to me. My body is stopping me in my tracks physically. I don't want to just suppress it with medicine. I want to fix it. Right. I want to uproot all the crap that I'm not even knowing is making me upset. Because they were like, what's wrong in your life? And I was like, nothing. Everything is the same as it's always been. I have kids. I have a husband. I have a job. Like, there's right. no traumatic life injury to me. So uh, I didn't know how to identify until I started to uproot and look at all the parts that made me a whole to figure out what was wrong and what needed to get healthy. And obviously those medical doctors were a part of that because they helped you realize a pattern, but they weren't a part of your healing. So what were some of the things, <laughs> not at all, what were some of the things that became a part of your um, realization of what you needed to change or tweak? Yeah, so I, it really, I always say it's really parts of a whole. And I, I really wish more people would look at themselves in a functional medicine kind of way because you are not just your one symptom. So what they wanted to do is plug a pill onto me that would suppress my depression or suppress my overwhelming anxiety. What they weren't dealing with was that I had stress about money. What they weren't asking me about was, did you just have a baby this last year? Wow, this could be postpartum. Oh, are you feeling overwhelmed with your career? So all of these parts make us a whole. And I decided I wanted to look at all of them. They, I have been driving in my career and just going, okay, here's the analogy. Where there's smoke, there's fire. For the last 10 years, I have been going, oh, there's smoke. How can I get out of the way? I wasn't ever going, there's smoke. Where there's smoke, there must be a fire. I was never trying to put out my fire. I'm trying to get the smoke out of the way so I can keep running. And I had to stop and say, there's a fire here. We are going to absolutely incinerate. I'm going to fall apart if I don't slow down to to literally take care of this fire. And so um, I really got serious about my gut health. Um, oh, my gosh, if people don't know this, the, the gut is what you are eating, how you are treating the supplements that you're taking for your body. Your food is either medicine or poison. And I absolutely healed my anxiety and depression with my food choices and with the right supplements that I started putting on to heal my gut. There's the gut brain access. And it's incredible. I started going to a counselor. I started learning to ask myself hard questions that I'd never been wanting to, to face, talking about relationships and finances and business, all these things that I didn't want to deal with. I finally had to admit them. Oh, here's what's so cool. I've been admitting, and I've been afraid to talk about these things for so long. The minute I talked about them, the minute I started problem solving, becoming my solution and not my problem anymore, they 
they had a lot less power than I ever anticipated that they were in my life. They were not as scary. They were they were real, but they weren't as scary as you're dealing with my health. All these parts um, that really helped me to get control. And a, a major part of that was learning the art of asking myself questions. Learning to I was not slowing down fast enough or slow enough to talk to myself. Uh, you know those girls who were like, I'm thinking about starting a business and I'm going to pull my top 10 friends and if 7 out of 10 say yes, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Women don't, you know, what women are men, like they don't slow down enough to say, what do I want? Mm-hmm. I have not slowed down enough to find my own answers inside mm-hmm. of myself. And so part of my therapy and um, coaching that I was receiving was helping me learn the art of, I, I designed my life and I, I can find my own answers too. Do you still, through all of that, consider yourself a perfectionist? I'm a recovering. <laughs> I, I literally am a recovering because, um, you know, for so long, what people thought about me mattered. To the extent of I was willing to make other people proud of me and not the people in my house, not the people that really mattered to me. I was making decisions based on what other people perceived of me. And um, so recovering, I, I would say I'm, I'm walking that out in such a healthy way now where I'm literally making decisions, which, by the way, has relieved so much anxiety. I'm not worried about what other people are thinking about me anymore. I'm going, okay, how's my house? How's my health? How's my spirituality? You know, how am I managing my time investing in the relationships that I say are important? When I was able to do that, it made much big difference. Do you feel like being a perfectionist and being a success addict, I have to be careful how I say that, <laughs> um, are the same thing? Say that again? Success, success addict and perfectionist, are they the same? No. But I think that they're very closely related. A success addict is almost, because they can, they can be walked out in different ways. A success addict is doing whatever it takes at all costs to make sure she's successful. A perfectionist might not even ever get started. She's so afraid to show up unperfect. She never makes a move. She's paralyzed. He's paralyzed in fear of not wanting to show up imperfect. They don't make a move at all. So they can blend together, but they can be two totally different things. But the thing they share in common is they want this life that matters, but they're showing up in two different ways, one in action and one in paralysis. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, I thought for sure they would be more closely related. When you talk about addicts in general, part of life after you realize you have that problem is dealing with or sometimes avoiding triggers that can send you back into those behaviors. Have you personally found that you have to avoid triggers or set particular boundaries in order to keep you on the right path? Absolutely. The ego is a powerful thing. (laughs) And um, when you start heading there, you can start seeing signs. Again, you go, I was just like raising my shoulders high and I was gloating about that. And this was less about service than it, was about me looking good. And so I really have to keep myself, um, every 
choice I make has to be filtered through. Is this a personal goal of mine? Or is this, this you know, a social service to other people? When it is, it's a great decision. When it's for achievement, accolade, um, recognition, I lose, I lose my perspective. And so I try to keep everything. Is this serving my personal alignment goals? If so, it's a heck yes. If not, it's a hell no. Right? <laughs> like, it, it literally is either a heck yes or a hell no. Um, or is this adding value and serving the world? Because it's so easy for me to want to give my time and energy to something that's making a difference to other people. And then it doesn't matter what credibility or um, attention I get from it. I can see where asking, learning to ask yourself those questions is completely foundational to this process because you just answered that question with your filter, which is the questions you ask yourself. So if you so it's almost like anybody who feels like they might relate to any part of what you're talking about, they would all have to go back to that foundational level of asking questions and giving honest answers because without it, you couldn't set any other um, boundaries or goals or even figure out what you really want. Absolutely. And I think it's really important. People have to get clear first. Again, slow down enough to get clear on what you want. It's so much easier to make a decision that's aligned with your values when you know what is important to you. But People define success by other people's standards instead of saying, what is success to me? That was one of the greatest questions I ever asked. What does success look like for me? When I defined that, I was like, oh, I actually don't care if I'm on a billboard. I actually don't care if my car is amazing. I actually don't care about those things, but I was working for them. So it very quickly helped me make fast, decisive, and confident decisions. And like you said, decision-making is such a, uh, a giant crossroads for anyone experiencing anxiety because it's hard to make decisions when you're in that moment of anxiety. When it comes to like your, your daily life, someone who is, we'll say, a recovering success addict like yourself, um, how, do, how do you get a sense of completion at the end of the day? And I ask this because for people who are addicted to that success, to that work, they just keep going. And it's like, okay, one more thing, just one more thing, one more thing, you know, and then they miss out on whatever else is going on in their lives or in their household because it's just one more minute, one more minute, because maybe they love their work, which is not a bad thing. But how can someone like that have that sense of, ah, done for the day? Absolutely. So I, I really believe that you need bookends. A certain way to start your day and a certain way to end your day that allows you to reflect on your choices in the middle of the day. So every single morning, I write 10 dreams as if they've already happened to me. So I write, I'm an intentional and exceptional wife. I'm an intentional and exceptional mother. You know, I write these things that I want to accomplish. You know, I'm a TED Talk speaker, all these things. So then after I write those out, I'm affirming them as if they've already happened, but then I'm asking myself, and how will I show up as that version of me today? What mm-hmm. people put off onto tomorrow, what they could have done today, right? It's always in the today that we change our lives. And so if I'm in 
potential and exceptional wife or mother, I'm not a workaholic. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not someone who's responding to the messages even of customers over the priorities of those relationships. So I get very clear, and this is really powerful, I want to take your listeners will carry on this. If you can think about your alignment, the, the values, the dreams that you want to accomplish in scenes, scenes, not words, scenes, what would it look like about <coughs> intentional, exceptional? Take a moment. What would that look like today? Well, now I saw myself honoring my husband by washing his frying pan, even though he knows I hate when I keep it missing. You know, like, <laughs> I, this is what it would look like if I was patient with my children. So then I'm ready to step into that because I've already visited it. I'm prepared for it. And so that allows me to make decisions during the day that honor those priorities. And then at night, asking yourself a couple of journaling questions. Brendan Burchard um, writes every single day, and I love this one. He, he just says, did I live? Did I love? Did I matter today? Mm-hmm. And you reflect on it every single night. Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? So then you know you're answering that at night. You want to show up with yes. And another great question I always ask myself is, you know, um, where did I lean in today? You know, where did I light up today? We want to collect more of those moments of mattering and um, gratitude and joyful. It makes today a really powerful day. And again, because you know you're you're going to say it in the morning and visit it at night as a as a almost like an honor code. Like, did I reflect? The things I said I wanted to be, you want to show up, and it has changed my life. And and the people that I coach, I mean, they are like, I cannot even believe. Week one, I am like showing up as the version of myself I want to be because they're committed to those reflection moments. And I love that you said the power is in today because that takes the pressure off of a decade or a week or whatever. And for people with anxiety, um, or, and I've also found this is a bit of an introvert um, characteristic as well, is rumination is practically a pastime. (laughs) It's like, I mean, for people like me, we literally will replay conversations from childhood. So how beautiful of a switch is it to instead at night when a lot of people, I don't really ruminate at night, but um, I inconveniently ruminate all during the day. It's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, for those that ruminate at night, what a fantastic tool to instead purposefully uh, channel those thoughts to those bookend questions instead of uh, you know potential failure or feeling like you could have said something better or a different way. Which actually leads me to my next question about failure. Has all, how has all of this changed your perspective on failing. Hey everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. The UWF Historical Trust. We shoot the show in the Museum of Commerce and the T.T. Wentworth Museum. And not only is this an amazing step back into the 18 and 1900s, but it's an event space too. How cool is that? You can see everything at historicpensacola.org. If you want to tour one of the 12 museums, and yes, Pensacola has 12 museums, and you get your tickets in person, show the ticket agent one of my emails and you'll get $2 off an adult ticket. You can get emails by texting REAL to 66866. So I don't have kids, but I also wanna tell you about It's Your Magazine. They're a national family-centered publishing company with free parent magazines. 
They have parenting advice, events, and inspiration. I'm actually in a networking group with the publisher, and this guy is all about family. You can view a free magazine in cities in Texas, Oregon, Washington, and Florida by checking them out at itsyourmagazine.com. And Insec. So I've always felt iffy about pesticides. Then the mosquitoes got so bad, I would get covered in them from walking from my house to the car. I called Insec and to say I've been impressed is an understatement. When the treatment wasn't quite doing it, the owner actually came to my house. He found the breeding sites, identified the species of mosquito and adjusted my treatment to that species. That's when I found out he's also a beekeeper and pollinator issues are always top of mind. So if you're in the Florida Panhandle or Gulf Coast of Alabama, give them a call, ensec.net. And Dexafit Pensacola. So new thought, the scale is just your relationship with gravity. Now when I get on my scale and me no likey, I say, you don't know me. What does know me is the 3D body comp scan. I can see what I'm made of and what's right for my body. Plus, when you get a DexaFit scan, you also get a consultation because what good is data if you don't know what to do with it? After you know, you can make your fitness plan smart, like expert level 5,000. Also, look this up on YouTube. It's pretty awesome. DexaFit.com. Now, back to the show. I was petrified to fail before. It's why I wanted so much control. You know, I wanted to be able to... I, here's what happened in my head. I had such great anxiety. Yet I didn't call it anxiety. I called it planning. Mm-hmm. I called it preparation. Mm-hmm. I called it um, studying. I called it, you know, uh, courses. I called it coaches. I called it retreats. Whatever it was, it was like if I can just know a little bit more. When I get to that moment, I'll be more prepared. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Every moment, every moment that we get to change is always a now moment, and it's met with your limitation, and it's always met with discomfort. And so once I realized. Every bit of growth will feel almost like failure. It will feel like growth. It will feel uncomfortable. So I'm not afraid to meet those moments of discomfort anymore because you cannot prepare. The only thing that changes your anxiety is a healthy dose of doing. Because once you face those fears that you have, that's what anxiety is. Anxiety is fear of the future. It's trying to think so far in advance and be prepared that when you meet that moment, you're somehow ready for it. It's always met with your limitation, and you have to step into it. It's only in doing and acting now. Um, we, we have a, a mantra in the course that I teach that transformation is now, and we're moving exclusively forward. And so it doesn't matter if we trip. We just say, I'm going to get back up. I can change my life today. And so I'm not as afraid of failure anymore, and honestly, I welcome it because now I see it as these beautiful learning lessons and experiences I was in a groundhog day before. I was literally repeating the same thing every single day. And I am like in a season where I'm going, I can think new thoughts. I can change my mind. I could decide tomorrow I want spiky blonde platinum hair. And like, it's okay. And I don't have to worry about what the world. Man, you are free when you drop the anxiety of what people think and what you need to be in order to show up. We are both strengthened and struggle. Brene Brown says that. We're both strength and struggle. And so when I realize I'm allowed to struggle at the same time that I'm growing, failure doesn't feel so defeating. That's so good. And you said that you had some helpful uh, mantras or tips for our listeners to help them, you know, because the the tagline of the podcast is stay curious 
and grow. And I love what you're saying because it aligns with that so beautifully. Be curious about your own feelings. Be curious about your own habits, behaviors, patterns of behaviors so that you can maybe face that moment that feels a bit scary, but in the end grow. So, so we can remember the grow part. Tell us the um, tips that you had that we can tuck away in our memory when we're ruminating or otherwise. <laughs> I love it. So um, I have a couple for you. The first is learning to optimize your thoughts. So if you're someone who goes, I'm having these anxiety thoughts or negative thoughts or even depression or whatever it is, you have the power to take control of your thoughts. Just because you've accepted it before doesn't mean you have to keep that same train of thought. So how do you change your thoughts? Well, you change them in the ones that you're aware of first, because 90% of our thoughts are unconscious. So connect with the one that you're aware of. So if they are in the grocery store line, and you're frustrated because everybody's buying all the toilet paper and taking a long time, and you're just like, this is so annoying, and you're getting annoyed, okay? I'm going to teach you how to literally um, change your thoughts. You get three new options on how to optimize your thoughts. So you're going to stop where you are and go, I was feeling negative. That's my symptom that creates awareness for me. I was feeling annoyed and negative. How can I choose a new thought? One is a neutral thought. Neutral means it doesn't have a positive or a negative. Like, okay, I'm sitting here. I'm just going to check Instagram and see what's happening. It's not a pro or con. It's just stopping you from continuing down a negative path, right? So that's what anxiety does. It just wants to swirl a little bit longer. So neutral. Second one is a pot. I mean, it's an empowering thought. Empowering is... I'm standing in this line, but if I don't want to be here, I can choose a new line. Or I can put down my groceries and come back later today. I'm in control of my choices. No one made me stand in this line. You're taking charge of your thought process. And the third is a positive one. Uh, positive is, is, would look something like, how grateful am I that I'm able to come get my groceries and be out with Hollywood and stand here and have my health. I refuse to turn my burden and, you know, my blessing into a burden. So at any moment, and the way um, I honestly recommend for my clients to do this is to put those three definitions into your phone. So when you catch yourself, you're like, I'm feeling negative. What was that thing that girl Kelly told me how to do? Go straight to it. Okay, I can be neutral. Means nothing. Second is empowering. How do I take charge? Third is a positive thought. So then you can get to it quickly. The more you practice it, the more powerful and in control of your thoughts to realize you are. And then another great um, little tip is learning how to change your life. Um, I call it the keys to change. So K-E-P. P-K stands for what do you need to know. What do you need to know about what you need to know? For example, finances was a huge thing that caused me anxiety because I wasn't super educated on it. And I kept feeling like a victim in my life because no one taught me how to manage my finances. Well, that's not fair. That's not right. That was Victor rather than, you know, or victim rather than Victor. So I decided, what do I need to know? I need to learn how to do my finances. Who, who might know how to do that? You can help me. What do I need to eliminate? Is the E. What bad habits are not serving me that I need to get rid of? And then the third, the second E is engage. What habits would I need to engage in to create a new pattern for myself? So what do I need to know? Eliminate and engage. When you get that down, you can change any habit. You have to get rid of the things that are in the way in order to engage in the things. So those are two great little tips that can help you just feel in control of your choices and your life. 
But again, once once you feel in control of the choices you're making, anxiety is like gone. You're like, oh, what was I stressed about? Because at every moment, my circumstances don't define me. Always feel like you're a part of your solution rather than your problem, and it's it's amazing. That's awesome, and I love that it creates meaningful change, not arbitrary new New Year's resolutions that we're all going to do that don't stick. There's probably a lot more sticking power with what you're saying. I would love for you to share where people can find you online, how they can engage with your coaching business. So tell us how to do all of that. Yeah, so um, there's a couple places you can find me. Um, Kelly Brock on Instagram and on Facebook. I also have a Facebook community that's totally free to be a part of. It's called the Peaceful Performer Posse. And we go live and we have trainings and we have collaborators and it's such an incredible group there. And then you can also go to anxiousachievers.com. And I have um, courses that I take people through and all the time and we would love to have you a part of it. And I love that your courses are not just about you. I feel like that's something in the coaching business that makes you different. When I was, you know, checking out your website and kind of your packages, I noticed that part of your curriculum, if you will, is that you bring in a money expert, a nutrition expert, a fitness expert, like you really allow the more community into the people that are interacting with you instead of just one dimension. And I think that's a great thing. This has been so good. We could talk forever. Thank you so much for being on. If you're watching this on YouTube um, or listening to it on the podcast and you feel like, oh my gosh, this is me, feel free to get in touch with Kelly. If you know somebody else that um, could benefit from this for all, for goodness sake, share it with them. And there will be clickable resources and notes on this episode via email. So just text real R-E-A-L to 66866 to get those. Thanks again, girl. We will be in touch for sure. I appreciate you. Are you still listening? Just kidding. Of course you are. Since you're here, here's some ways you can support the show. Stalk me on social media, leave a review, share an episode with a friend, or check out my Teespring page for delightfully sarcastic apparel. Links are in the episode description. 